everyone, welcome to Typhoon Talks, brought to you by Typhoon Consulting, a boutique management consultancy headquartered in Hong Kong. My name is Becky Bates and I'm an analyst here with the firm. Today we're joined by Hannah Young, a user experience designer at FinFabric, a Hong Kong-based fintech company. Hani's background is in psychology and he has previously worked for Prezi. Hani also works at Blank Slate, a group of three local UX designers who not only work on client design projects, but run workshops and talks about UX design itself. Welcome, Hani. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So today we're going to be introducing you to UX design. So why don't you start by telling our listeners what is UX design? What do you do and what are the deliverables? Right. Um, I'm actually going to start by asking you something. So have you seen uh, someone else or yourself using a glass bottle of ketchup in a restaurant? And uh, what is their, like, what do their faces look like? People are normally confused. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then they just keep hitting the bottle of that glass of ketchup, like, hoping that those will come out on their uh, fries, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so this is actually... um, related to the emotions of people when they kind of start to use a product. Sure. So I'm not going into the details of the history of ketchup, but at the beginning when, when they were designing it, so um, they wanted to look more premium, so they used mm-hmm. a glass bottle. But then back to the now, um, so they, they start to see that, okay, people are frustrating when they start to use them. So that's that's why those plastic uh, squeezable bottles start to come out. And uh, when, when we put this concept into software, it's actually the same thing. So it's about when, when usually user engagement and user adoption is kind of like the key most important metrics of, uh, of a product, as especially software product. So these things start to come out as emotions when they are using, interacting with your products. And this is what UX designers are trying to address. And then so there's another example, another aspect of what UX designers do. So have you seen doors with handlebars? Um, but then only to discover that when you pull it, um, it's only designed for pushing. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, all the time, right? Even in Hong Kong, like we have lots of those. And it's actually related to the usability mm-hmm. of a product. And then again, when we put this concept into a, a piece of software, how do people know that it's a button? How do people know that it's something just for them to read, not to be clicked on? How do people know that it's a menu? So that's what we do when uh, we go out and use the product and then show it in front of users and let them interact with it. So actually objectively see, um, okay, how is the usability of this product looking like? So which brings us back to emotion, the first point, like when you try to click on something and that was actually not for clicking, mm-hmm. or you want to find something and then you just can't find it, that will bring frustration and drops the user engagement. Yeah, sure, sure. So that's really interesting from a psychological standpoint. and. Um, I guess my frustration with doors. It's nice to know there's a, there's a solution. Um, but from a business perspective, how would you communicate the value of UX design? So uh, when we actually talk about these not so tangible things with uh, business owners or, or people more in the traditional world, it's it just not so understand. Like it can't translate so directly to how it actually helps a business run. But then I'm gonna share another story. So do you do online shopping, Becky? Yes, I do. Right. So so usually when a a customer go on to a e-commerce website and try to buy something it's like the first time they're there Mm -hmm. so they obviously pick something into their um, shopping basket and then they click on checkout so usually most e-commerce sites would actually not like before they show you something that for you to input your credit card details they actually show you a form 
with uh, okay let's create an account um, and what's your email and what's your password so from a business point of view it's kind of like it's a win-win situation where okay returning customer actually have an account so that okay in the future they can track their orders they can uh, purchase something much quicker because we save their information yeah. and from a business point of view um, of course we can collect like accounts so we can maybe send them marketing material so it seems like for both parties when you design it it seems like it's fine but then um, so there there is a Jared Spool who is a very experienced UX designer he did a, a client project for a major e-commerce site mm -hmm. and that was a long time ago it wasn't it was before the the era where where uh, online shopping is like so popular um, so it was the beginning of it and he bring the website out and to test with users and when users go to that screen and see that uh, registration form um, they just stop there and say, hey, I'm here to buy something, not here to form a relationship with this company. Okay. And I might just go to somewhere else if I'm buying something not very specific to this e-commerce mm -hmm. website, right? So um, they discovered this only through doing UX research. And then they did a very simple solution. So they put a button there called continue as guest, which you see in a lot of websites nowadays. Yeah. Um, and that was probably the first uh, e-commerce site um, that does that at that time. And then in one month, they have seen 45% of increased uh, sales. And then in one year, they made $300 million more than uh, before they added wow. that button. Yeah, 45% increase is huge. For yeah, and that is a very classic story of, you know, how UX research can help a business grow its uh, sales simply by adding a button, but you won't know that before you do the research. Yeah, yeah, wow. Well, hopefully all of our listeners will flock to recruit you and your team. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into UX design? Okay, um, so for a long time, I am a technology enthusiast. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I use a lot of um, beta software. I give feedback to like developers and stuff, like, but I know nothing about actually developing or mm -hmm. designing it and just like everyone I, um, I thought design is about making things pretty at most and then the developers will you know the team will take care of the rest of the coding work and that's how a piece of software is born mm -hmm. um, but then one day by chance I got the chance to participate in a user experience research at Google so um, that was very interesting and uh, during that process I was thinking like wow this person is trying to know about my life for an app just like but I got very intrigued and I, I asked is it like what you do in your job and is there a job like this like, like mm. what do you do and and how can I become you like that's very interesting and then it's just empathy it's just it's really about psychology and it's really about the research and research background actually helps uh, mm -hmm. when doing uh, this kind of job so that's yeah. how I get to know about this industry. And finally, you know, I got the training and finally do it myself. Yeah, that's really interesting. What's the training like? Is it a formal? Yeah, process? it's uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to advertise here. But then, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a formal actual training where we do a lot of uh, projects. So it's sure. like a hands-on uh, uh, training where we, um, so yes, that, that's talk about a, a interesting thing. So at the beginning of that training, I got my laptop ready like even I got that experience at Google like mm -hmm. I still don't know so much about this industry right so I got my laptop ready I got the recommended software installed and yeah. then and then I was ready okay let's start to design something like on my first lesson but then the instructors told us uh, okay guys um, welcome to the first lesson um, all of you please just 
turn off your laptops. <laughs> and, uh, and we are now doing a UX research right there in the central uh, MTR station. Like wow. we are doing research and then today we are redesigning the MTR app but not with your laptops. Yeah. So that is the strong message that I got. Okay, this is about research. It's not about making things mm. being beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I guess a really simple way of understanding what you do is you understand the requirements of the users and then you design what you need. Is that fair to say? Um, actually, a lot of people, when, yeah, when I talk about UX research um, and a lot of people misunderstand UX research as going out and ask people what they want mm -hmm. and then just give them what they want and the point I want to make is identifying the market gap um, yeah. is one part but designing the product it's another story so we are not trying to know uh, what they want but why they want it and uh, so users are not experts of coming up with solutions they're experts of making complaints sure. and that is totally valid because we are on the product side um, we understand our designs too well and we don't know what is the flaws of mm -hmm. our products and uh, we go out and we really to collect um, what they what their faces look like right the emotions when they interact with the product that we designed we gather them and then we come together and address the problems in a new way hopefully better and innovative mm -hmm. and then uh, to test it again so we don't really like ask for solutions sure. from the users and um, yeah Sure, and yeah, people wouldn't have asked for a car, they'd have asked for a faster horse. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Sure. So what are the biggest challenges that you face in your work? Right, um, so we talked a lot about UX research, and uh, in my job, actually, so that sounds very fancy and or very useful, but then all that research part have to be done before developers start their work. Mm -hmm. And that time management and how we prioritize, like prioritize sure. it's a major challenge. Sure. Is there a fixed process which UX teams follow? Um, there's not really a fixed process. I mean, there are a lot of methodologies, but mm -hmm. then we mix and match. Depends on the context of that particular project. But there is a general approach that I can introduce. So understanding and empathizing, like these two concepts, is just a major prerequisite of mm -hmm. like all of these methodologies. So we, we try to understand the behaviors, um, just like how the researchers tried to know about my life, yeah. and also the motivations and struggles of, uh, of the people you're trying to target. So that's pretty much the, the, the cornerstone of all sure. the methodologies. Sure. So earlier you spoke about how you need to be working ahead of developers. So can you elaborate on that? How does that work in team organization when you need to be working on a slightly different time frame than developers? So in the end of the day, um, the tech market is just moving so fast. And one way to be successful is obviously to be faster. Sure. And yeah. so uh, design is low when we wait for different parties to validate the ideas. And so 60% of our work is dealing with people, actually, mm -hmm. to, to deal with you know, the business owners, to deal with the developers as well, because they have their own agenda, and yeah. not really agenda, but schedule, because sure. uh, we have to fit it in. And so we minimize the cost of change and uh, focus on what matters, uh, which is the, the, the solution and the validation of that solution, not, but not how good it looks. 
And so, so you probably heard of Agile, yeah. right? And Agile in the in the development process, I don't have to introduce a lot of, about it. Um, but it's actually not a hundred percent compatible with how we do design because, as you can imagine, like you could you go out and interview people, it's like everything cannot might not be able to be finished in one or two weeks. Yeah, right? of course. And so there and there are also conflicting expectations around uh, quality, mm-hmm. fit and finish. So yeah. there is the concept definition of done in uh, Agile and where, where, okay, so let's say what is done. So we, we have a feature and mm-hmm. then what is done? Is it like it works? But then how do we measure from the UX point of view? Um, so one of the one of the ways we do it is um, we integrate the UX quality into the development project planning process. So for example, there are user stories where mm-hmm. a user, for example, um, let's use the same, same concept. Okay, user is able, as a user, I'm able to check out yeah. Um, the shopping cart. So this is a user story. So obviously developers are going to make the functionalities that maybe we design some screens. So um, they're going to implement those so it works. Yeah. But then at the same time, this story, we attach something to it that measures UX. So for example, UX complexity. So how long does it take or how difficult it is to validate um, the experience of this story sure. and it's kind of like the equivalent of story points from the uh, develop development point of view but then on here we, we measure it separately because maybe it takes a long time for them but then it's just very easy for us to validate on our end so we measure that and then also we talk about is this story verified so did we do actual research or it is just an assumption sure. and if it is an assumption we talk about okay we assume uh, people are going to be happy to register an account uh, with yeah. us before the checkout. That's the assumption, right? But then when we actually go out to verify, maybe it's a different thing. Yeah, sure. And then finally, it's a task completion rate. So um, how many people we interviewed and how many people actually say, oh, no, nah, I'm just going to give up. Like, I'm just buying some toilet paper rolls. Like, I can do it in this supermarket. I can do yeah. it in another. So that's the task completion rate that we measure. So that's one way of doing it. And also, I talked, I talked about... Um, minimizing the cost of change. Sure. So the other strategy is uh, that we use something called Lean UX. Yeah. And some part of it is just coming up with ideas in low fidelity. So low fidelity means very rough and hand-drawn ideas. In Traditionally, we think, okay, when we present to uh, our clients, present to our bosses, okay, something got to gotta be neat, got to be tidy. It's a well-designed, at least like PowerPoint presentation. But then in Lean UX, we actually don't really care about the presentability of mm-hmm. our work at the beginning. Um, we show our bosses, our users, and even our clients just hand-drawn, rough draft, so that today I design it, tomorrow you validate it, and on Wednesday, I'm just going to iterate it because something's wrong sure. and uh, and there's a really uh, interesting example that I've seen before I'm not sure which company it was but then it's kind of like an, a navigation app or you, you, you can imagine the driver side of the uber app mm-hmm. so basically the, the 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 phone is being placed in a, in a car right and then uh, they're gonna use they're gonna do the usability test of the whole thing so naturally okay then if we need to uh, put the user in a context do we need to hire some drivers? Do we need to actually get into a an Uber car and mm-hmm. then do the test with them? But actually, the the team did not do any of them. The team actually just pull a like stick a bunch of papers together, so it's like a big sheet of paper, and then they draw the canvas of like 
like a, an interior of the car in that big piece of paper just with markers very rough yeah and then you know they draw the road and then the um the the, the driver real real and then everything and then they put it in front of the tester just like okay imagine you're in the car and then the phone even the prototype of the product mm-hmm. uh, of the uber app is like it's hand-drawn yeah. So okay, this is being mounted on your car. You're sitting there. You're driving. Like that's your paper wheel. You're driving, yeah. and this is like okay. Suddenly, a customer like registers and then like needs you in somewhere. So how are you interacting with the mm-hmm. app? So that's how they do the test. Yeah. And the whole thing does not require any logistics of getting anything. You just gotta invite them into your office, and mm-hmm. then you have the entire car and the entire experience to test with. So that is what we call like low fidelity drawings and low fidelity yeah. testing and then finally we minimize documentations with mm-hmm. the developers so we interact with them daily even the item we are designing is being worked on two months ahead of now we still gather potential limitations uh, very early and we support them on any questions on the current progress yeah. so that's how we try to integrate with the agile process yeah that's really interesting really helpful yeah how, yeah especially agile is a process designed around mm-hmm. um, around developers it's mm-hmm. really interesting to see how you moderate it so we've been very software focused how can you apply or can you apply ux design outside of the software field so as we as we as we mentioned in the uh, very beginning, so we have some examples about physical products mm-hmm. um, that people are designing. So they can actually do uh, UX research on those things as sure. well. But actually, um, if we relate uh, the physical world with the software that we are designing, um, let me give an example. So in my full time job, we are designing investment platforms. So, but we don't just care about how the platform work in terms of the investment part for mm-hmm. example okay you just directly when you design an investment platform maybe you think about okay uh, can the user start to you know track their portfolio um, trade something you know sell and buy something but it's not just how the investment part of the platform works when we interview our users we would like to know what drives them to invest in the first place um, is it because they believe in the technology is it because they believe in that company or or they just here for the monetary gain. And like these types of people are very different sure. and they have different mindset to serve. And so by understanding that, we can consider the people part of it other than just the primary focus of the product. Mm. And that's how we bring UX out of the software and think yeah. about the people. Yeah, sure. So yeah, totally central to all businesses then. Yeah. yeah. So that's sadly all we have time for today. Um, what are your kind of key takeaways for our listeners? Right, so I think I have two key takeaways. So first one, we are living in an experience economy. So when people pay for something, for example, coffee, they don't really make the judgment based on the sheer monetary value of the item, Mm -hmm. like how expensive the coffee coffee beans are when you make it. But the holistic journey of the experience, starting from the point, they actually want to drink something, the Mm -hmm. smell, and all the way to the point where they actually somehow think back at the end of the day and hey, I was quite productive in that particular coffee shop this afternoon Mm -hmm. and then feel good. So next time, they're actually going to come back. So it's not just about the software. And the second point, users are experts experts of making complaints, (laughs) not solutions. So during research, it's not about asking people what they want and then match it, but to understand them better and adjust the strategy so that we can address their needs while we innovate. 
Great, thank you very much. So anyone who wants to hear more about Hani's views on UX design, or particularly I think around how you can adapt Agile, go to blankslate.xyz, their website, to find out more. Follow us on Twitter at Typhoon Buzz and on iTunes and SoundCloud at Typhoon Talks for more podcast episodes. Also, please visit our website at typhoonconsulting.com for more industry points of view. We hope you'll join us again next time.